0: Welcome to the Top 3 Podcasts for Entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO.
1: Welcome everybody to the Top 3 Podcasts for Entrepreneurs. This is Stephanie Burns, the founder of Chic CEO and today I have with me Daryl Urbanski. Hey Daryl, how are you?
0: Hey, what's going on Stephanie? I'm good.
1: So Daryl is the founder of BestBusinessCoach.ca and a good friend of mine. We've actually done some speaking gigs together. We are in a mastermind together, and I'm so excited to have Daryl on today to talk to you about his top three tips for creating a marketing funnel. There's nobody that does it better. So Daryl, can you give everybody a little background on you? Tell us kind of what you've been up to, how you've gotten to where you are, and then tell us a little bit. About uh, what's upcoming for
0: you? Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you just told me I would have to do this, but it still feels awkward to try to brag about yourself. So, I, I mean, I just <laughs> most recently, you know, I've got that course, the Seven Figure Funnel Formula, which is based off of work I've done with clients recently, helping them generate, you know, six, seven figure mar- marketing funnels. A um, background on me though, I've just always wanted to be an entrepreneur ever since I was young. My, my uncle was a business owner in Toronto, which I'm from Canada, and I always just had a really good impression of like, I don't know, I just felt like he was like the godfather in the sense people come over bringing like gift baskets and just really grateful and thanking him for stuff. And I always had a really positive uh, self-image or image of what it uh, meant to be a business owner and entrepreneur. So ever since I was a kid, I was you know shoveling driveways and mowing lawns and trying to organize teams of people, and um, so I've just been an entrepreneur since I was really young. And it took me a few failures before I realized just how important marketing was. And at that point, I just really dove in headfirst into you know I told myself that if I want to be successful in business, and you know for me, I really feel my path is is mastering this marketing thing, and so. Um, really, that's it. And marketing, you know, that's when things started to turn around and all my businesses that I've taken on. And then I realized I've been marketing long before I knew what marketing was. And so uh, that's just really helpful. So I, I kind of cut my teeth with internet marketing and now I, you know, it doesn't, the medium can change. The principles are the same, but I feel very confident in my ability to create uh, seven figure marketing funnels. So
1: definitely. And I think one of the things that I, love most about you, Daryl, is that you are able to break things down into their most simple form. And, um, you know, we've talked about this so many times with the marketing funnel and it's really what you say is traffic times, you know, what, what do you say? Traffic time yeah, yeah
0: Yeah. 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 Just for the call we were talking You're about. You're right. How it all just really comes down to traffic and conversion. So you've got a conversion moment or a conversion event, which is either a phone call with a sales rep, a face-to-face meeting with a sales rep, it's a sales letter, it's a webinar, it's a teleconference, it's whatever it is that that moment in time that you have that that buying conversation with someone, that's your conversion. And so that converts at whatever percent. And then the traffic is just a means of getting people there. So whether it's a podcast, whether you run a blog or a newsletter, you're writing books or whatever it is, it's just that thing that you do to try to create an audience and direct an audience. And paid advertising is the easiest and fastest way to scale because you just find someone who's already done that and you just pay to help get in front of those people and try to divert some of them towards your offer, your conversion mechanisms. Um, But yeah, so it really comes down to just traffic and conversion.
1: So tell us what is, describe a marketing funnel to our audience, just in the broadest sense of the term and what we all need to know about what it means to have a marketing funnel.
0: Yeah, and and anybody you talk to might have a different answer than what I'm going to have, but I'll, I'll do my best to answer that. And Part of that reason why everyone would have a different answer is the same reason why I can say the word education and we'll all nod in agreement, you know, if I ask, do you know what education means? But you might think teacher, I might think textbook, someone else might think a school, they might think experience. So it's the same thing. The term marketing funnel for me is the process from finding people in the unknown universe. And bringing them into your folds, so the marketing funnel should be something that goes and finds people from that maybe have heard of you, or maybe they don't even know you. Bring them in, so now where they do know you, and you know them as well, and walks them through to the first process, the first purchase, and then the second and third and fourth purchase. Um, a lot of people they look at like if you ask people what their sales process is or their marketing process, they're like it's like two, three steps. When really you need to look at your business as a system as a whole. So my definition of a marketing funnel especially coming from having done this course on the seven-figure funnel formula is that you know it encompasses like for example the marketing funnel is it's just its marketing is really about helping solve problems for people and forgive me if I if I go off on a tangent here but the, the smallest definition shortest definition would be finding prospects Drayton Bird said this well the purpose of marketing is to is to locate a prospect to turn that prospect into a customer and to make that customer a lifelong friend. So, yeah, that's that's the way Drayton explains it. Maybe <laughs> I'll just stop with that. So, because because that can encompass everything from that, and that's really important because a lot of people stop at the first sale, and that's such a mistake for a lot of people. I mean, they work so hard to get a sale, and they think that that's the victory, but that's not the victory. You have to think about it like a like a like in terms of dating you know just cuz you get one sale that's great you got a date with someone or you got a kiss from a girl but what does that do as far as satisfying you and your lifelong goals like you have to build a relationship with a person and everybody knows that a business depends on their lifetime like their their regulars to survive but nobody thinks about well how do we help encourage people to become regulars and how do you keep people a regular that's all marketing so um the
1: sorry, I... No, no, don't be sorry. The funnel is really, really important. And I think even going, taking a step back from that, you know, people work so hard on building their product and don't think about how they have to take their customer through a journey, really. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that's why I wanted to bring you on today because you really do um, have that really finite understanding of taking your customer through... First, the first meeting, to the first date, to the uh, wedding day, to the you know having the first child, to sending them off to college. So you really take them through that whole journey, and I really love that. So let's let's dig first into your um, into your three tips. So the first tip that you have, you say, in building a marketing funnel is follow the money. Can you explain that?
0: Sure. So. Yeah, follow the money because a lot of people, they'll fall in love with products first and that's the biggest problem. So what people don't really understand is that a problem is a market. Okay, a market is not a group of people like the the problem is the focal point of a market and the market can be boys, girls, age range, like psychographics, demographics. All that stuff is fine and dandy but it all revolves around what a core problem is. So when I say follow the money, a lot of people like here's – Here's kind of a a really good analogy of what most people do when they get into business is, you know, it's Molly. She, you know, every time she brings a pie to a party, everyone says, wow, we love your pies. They're phenomenal. You know, you should you should open up a bakery. And she just loves baking so much that she decides, you know what, I want to do what I love. And so I'm just going to bake all day, every day and open up a bakery. So she makes, you know, opens up a bakery and spends a couple of months, you know, thinking of logos and designs and, you know, all what the stationery is going to look like and what's my brand and all this fluffy stuff like that. And there's no money exchange. There's no, like, proof of concept yet. And what so many entrepreneurs do is then they go and she'll like, she'll cackle and she finds a supplier for all these cheap but high quality ingredients and she orders all this inventory and then she locks herself away in her bakery and she bakes like a like a, like a mad woman for a couple of days, weeks, until she's made like a hundred pies. And then she goes and goes and sells them to all of her friends and family and they make their obligatory token purchase. But then after they run through all their friends and family, they're like, uh, "What? what now? Like. Now what do I do? And then now they've got all these pies and we're like, well, I gotta take these pies and I, I gotta I gotta find someone that'll buy them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so backwards because now you're stuck with a product and you're trying to find someone who who may or may not want it. Where if instead you went and you saw there was a natural disaster and you know, and they're having this rush supplies into the city and you make these pies and truck them in and sell them at a cheap price to everyone. Like now, you found a group of people with a problem. That's Gary Halbert. Uh, uh, he for unfortunately he's passed away, but he was uh never met him. I'm good friends with his son, but um. Anyways, he has this saying where if you could have anything to to help, if you had a burger stand and you could have anything to make it successful, what would you want? And lets people answer whatever they want. And he's like, what I want it would what I would want would be a starving crowd because it wouldn't matter if my burgers were gourmet. It wouldn't matter all this stuff. Like I had hungry people mm. and I got my food, and so. Um, So that's why I say follow the money is follow what are people already buying? What are people already interested in? What are they already spending money on? I mean the business graveyard is littered. It's littered with fantastic inventions and fantastic business ideas that were just not – the timing wasn't right. I mean the difference between a salad and garbage is timing. So you could have the world's greatest gizmo – But if it's 10 years from where we are now, you have to understand that that's, you know, like don't give up on that. But you have to understand that the path to making that successful might not be as direct as you want. Maybe you have to take it down to features, get the, you know, you know what I mean? Like get the public comfortable with that and then take them to the next step and like that sort of thing.
1: I love that. The, so. the difference between a salad and garbage is, is timing. You have the best sayings. Um, I, I, I love this, the follow the money, because I, I see a lot of people that don't do this. And, um, you know, making sure that the problem is the market <clears throat> needs to be before, forefront when we're starting our businesses. So I I love that you say this. I think that's really, really important.
0: Yeah. And to, to even speak to that follow the money is – you know, if you have an idea, people will say a lot of stuff, but where do people put their money? And that's really like the, that's a huge, huge, huge difference. To, to To give another example, I have a friend, um, a mentor, used to do focus groups with Fortune 100 companies, and they would bring people in for like six hours and ask them all these questions and go through this rigmarole. And at the very end, they'd have all these different product ideas that they were they're testing up on a table um, and they've been talking about working with throughout the day and at the end they're like say to everyone you know thank you for coming in today really appreciate your time you know here in this envelope is your check and also uh, you know for participating today on your way out you're welcome to grab any of the products you want from the table and that was the actual test the whole six hours they were getting information but it was just for fun what they really wanted to see is what did people grab and take home with them because the focus group was a group of potential clients. And so people would often, like, they would think, they would over-intellectualize it, and they pick different products, and I'll say all this nice stuff, but when really, when it's time to leave, and they're walking out the door, and they're told they can grab something on their way out, that was the real test. Everybody grabbed what they actually wanted, and it might not have been the one with all the nice, fancy bells and whistles and features, you know, so that's, again, follow the money. Where are people already spending money? What's already happening? Um, yeah.
1: And you have, a, you have a great... Um, you have a great way that you do this too that you and I have talked about before. When you have a question or you want to know who's spending things, you go on onto, uh forums like Quora and Yahoo Answers and you start asking people, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean the internet has made the world so transparent. What people don't even realize even to today, keywords in Google, one of the powerful things about keywords is because never before could an advertiser read a prospect's thought. You could never just… Like how crazy would that have been to go back in the 1920s and tell someone you can there was a way that you could help them read what people were thinking. And you can do that. It's called keyword research. And you can read the actual thoughts. So someone goes into Google, they often type the question that they're thinking in. Like they're they're actually putting their thoughts in. And so it just made the world so transparent between, yeah, you know, Quora, Yahoo Answers, going to Amazon and looking up similar products and reading the reviews. There's so much knowledge and information out there. It's just such a transparent world. It really just needs to become, you know, you're looking for, when you're you're looking at a market, you're looking for severity. Are we talking about, like, is it just a minor headache? Are we talking about, like, a migraine where everything's come to a screeching halt? Um, So how severe is it? Um, how intense is the need is we talking about food to sustain themselves or are we talking about gourmet meals and then how how large is the market like how many people are there is it is it a Ferrari on a dead- end block are these people in a lot of pain and they're really hungry but there's only five of them mm. <laughs> you know and you gotta you gotta get figure out um, you have to figure those out and match those up so that's all part of the marketing process so, Follow the money. The idea is just, you know, if you think you want to launch a product, you want to launch a certain type of services, you know, it takes nothing to make a product sheet and to go out and just try and sell a bunch. And then take a look at what people are already solving. A, a lot of times when I step in and I consult with a company, one of the first things I'll do is I'll want to look at all their financials to take a look at, sure, they've got 15 products listed, but which one's actually selling? Mm. Because oftentimes you can create a big win for a company just by going, hey, Everyone really seems to love this, let's sell them more of that and let's make some sort of add-on. I mean, that McDonald's did that, they, they like doubled their sales by just having their front desk staff go, would you like fries with that? Because they sell a $10 meal, it takes $7 of marketing to get you in there, they're making a $1.50 or $3 profit, you buy $1.50 fries, they just, that's a 50% bump to their bottom line margin. So um, anyways.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Okay, so your next tip is get a mentor.
0: Yeah. And that comes from just that success, uh, you know, success might be difficult, but it's not a mystery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a martial artist and something that we always joke about, kid about, is that there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new moves. There's always someone who's creating a new art or they're creating a blend or they studied under this master and that master and then they made their own. There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, humans have been around so much. We've we've exercised all, all the options. Things have all come through. And, you know, mentorship is just so powerful. I mean, to be able to turn around and ask someone who's done what you want to do um, and get results from them. I mean, most people, and I do this myself sometimes, but I really try to limit it, is they take advice from people who are not qualified at all on the topic. I mean, how often do you ask your mom or a friend about help with something? And they have nothing, they have no idea about it. So, I mean, they, the, the general rule of thumb is, um, what is how they, I forget how they, they phrase it, but don't accept advice from someone unless you want to trade shoes with them in that department. Oh, you know because if you do if you do what's the the other saying if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always got mm-hmm. and that's the same if you do what somebody else does you'll get what they've got so only accept advice from someone if you want what they have in in relation to that if you're getting relationship from advice with someone from someone who's got horrible relationships and you know it sounds like great advice i just i would just really caution people to find a mentor and then when they find someone to just really plug in and to follow because there's a lot of stuff that goes on that like I had an instance with a client before that they just second guess everything a lot and they spend more time second guessing than getting results and, and because it just, just delays the process.
1: Right. So g- get a mentor. Great. The third tip you have is build a team. What do you mean by that?
0: It's a, Jim Rohn, it's a Jim Rohn quote. You'll never find a rich hermit. And it's just from the the real fact, and I'm learning this myself, is that once you start having success and accomplishing things, um, it's just there's so much to be done. There's no way you can do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. There's just no way you can do it all yourself. There's way more work going on. So you need a team. And that's the other thing that's something that I, I learned when I moved here for that one client when I first met you was one thing I really valued is surround yourself with people who play at the things you have to work at. And that's been such a powerful lesson for me because I would always try and do it myself and always try to strengthen my weaknesses. And I think that's something just as a, you need to focus on is try to you know improve your weaknesses, but you also need to just rely at what you're good at and focus on being good at that. Have that specialized skill set and knowledge and then bring other people onto the team that can complement what you do. Because if you can find someone who plays at the thing that you have to work at, you'll never get as good as they are. And I mean, pay them the money because it's just, the ROI is phenomenal. Here's a perfect example. I was working a video sales letter and because of all the stuff I was having to do, I can do video sales letters. I can do sales letters and scripts. you know. But I just hired a friend and I had to pay him and I wasn't happy with the check I had to write. But you know what? Took him a day and a half, two days to get it back. Where I've been working on it for two, three weeks. And the product he finished with is way better than anything I would have done. And now I'm just so glad. I mean, you know, I was, you know, gritting my teeth when I had to write the check. But now afterwards, I'm so glad I did it. And it was just another reinforcement that, right, that's why you bring people on board because you need. You need skill and expertise. You need a world-class team. You need to be world-class. You need to get world-class at something, and then surround yourself with other world-class-level people. And together, you can do phenomenal things. If you're stuck in the, you know, in the, in the, the ranks of mediocrity, it's just going to be hard to do anything and get anywhere. And everyone's going to do subpar work, and you're always going to have to go back and fix it and edit it. And so, you really need to surround yourself with a team. Um, People that are going to kick you in the butt when you're falling behind, people that are going to motivate you when you're tired, people that are going to come up with things you didn't think about. There's just not a lot of people out there that have had any real success without help. And, um, you know, you might not, no one will do it for you, but you won't have to do it alone.
1: Right. And I love these three tips. And I I feel like I've learned so much from you just being in our mastermind together, especially in terms of a marketing funnel. I think a lot of people think of um, a linear, you know, step one, then they go to step two, step three. And I've seen some of your marketing funnels and they look like spider webs. (laughs) I mean, they are intricate works of art. So Mm. thank you for, um, for sharing some of your, your tips on that. So I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit about your success quote. You have a quote that you live by and can you tell us what that is?
0: Sure. So, The quote goes, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. Every morning, a lion wakes up. And it knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. So it doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running.
1: So tell us what that means to you.
0: Well, here's a philosophy I've had for a long time, and I really think it served me well. And if you look at anyone who's done anything significant in their industry and career um, you'll find that it's probably same for them and that's I always had this rule I remember I was sitting at home I was like a teenager and I was sitting at home just like watching movies and tvs with friends I remember looking outside and I don't know why it dawned on me but I saw the squirrels and I realized man I'm so glad I'm not a squirrel he has to get up and has to go and find food every day and protect off predators and you know and I remember thinking that, and then I realized, well, wait, how is it so different? And I've been just going through some stuff at school, and I forget what we were doing in school—some unit. But I realized, you know, we might have houses and civilization and our, you know, and our social etiquette and that, but we're still animals, and those squirrels have to get up and fight every day to survive. And I realized that we have to do that as well. You know, you you have the luxury of being able to just go to your fridge and get some food, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that the sun's not on a timer that the, you know your 24 hours for this day is going to soon be up and so that quote to me just means that you can't you can't take any breaks you really can't rest if you want to be and do anything significant if you are dedicating to wanting to be good at something I mean there's always going to be people that are better than you for sure but it doesn't mean that you get a chance to slack off and for me that's just motivation that all the greatest, the greatest writers, the greatest athletes, the greatest businessmen and women, I mean, they're beating on their crap every single day. You know, you just you, it takes a lot of hours and experience to get good at something and then to keep sharp and then keep up to date with it. So for me it just resonates that 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 quote to me embodies the spirit of, you know, even on my days off, I still gotta do something. I gotta do one percent. I gotta do one, I gotta if you know, I gotta keep something moving forward. I just if you look at a plant, the plant is only ever growing or dying. There's no middle ground. It's, it's just sitting there, way dying, waiting for sunlight, water, and nutrients. It might have two, but not the third. And it's just kind of slowly dying, right, sitting there, waiting. And then, I mean, even your body, if you haven't eaten, your body starts to eat itself. It starts to eat its fat res- right, reserves and that. So it's like, if it's not growing, burning something new, then it's decaying. And so you just have to keep moving forward.
1: I love our chats, Daryl. They're so great.
0: <laughs> you getting all pumped up?
1: I always, I always do. Tell <laughs> us um, tell us a surprising secret about you.
0: Yeah, you asked me that, and I forget what I told you about. I think I told you that a uh, surprising secret. Um, well, I just have traveled a lot. I mean, I've lived in Japan and Thailand and been to Africa and... New Zealand, Australia, and Amsterdam, and all over Canada. I've hitchhiked across Canada six times. I've been all over the States. Climb out Fuji. I speak three languages. I don't know. Tons of stuff.
1: Tons and tons of stuff. You are a treasure trove of info, Daryl. You are amazing. Um, okay, so I want to hear for our listeners a book recommendation, and I'm going to ask you, you – you gave me a book recommendation, and I want you to tell them what you – you want them to read, but I also want you to tell our listeners that you have your own book. So I want you to plug that as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. So, well, the first uh, the two books. Um, one is Think and Grow Rich. That is just a must read for everybody. Um, even if you just like get a Cole's Notes version and then read that, because it's based on 20 years of research into the most successful men and women, and it came up with. Uh, They came up with 13 principles. Napoleon Hill had 13 principles, and it's not a la carte, but it's 13 things that all these world's most successful men and women and athletes all had working for them. And so it's really important that you go get that knowledge. And because it's not new, it's not sensational, it's not on the top 10 list um, of what's hot right now you can probably go buy a copy at a used bookstore for a couple of bucks. And it, you know, for in some instances, I've had people read that book and tell me it was way more valuable than their university education. And um, I don't doubt them when they say that. So that's a really, really powerful book to read, Think and Grow Rich. The next book would be Scientific Advertising. And the reason why I recommend that book is because um, it just is more true to the history of advertising and marketing in general There's a lot of people that just try to copy each other or they're learning from a copy of a copy of a copy and whatever your field is, it's really important you know the history of it and why certain things are done the way they're done Um, because if you understand the evolution, you can just bypass a lot of the trendy, faddish stuff that comes up and in some ways, it can be just really dangerous and just detract because you lose time, energy and money. So. Think and Grow Rich, Scientific Advertising. Um, I've got a couple of books, but a book for anyone that's listening to this call and interested in marketing funnels, I think that a good book for them would be my book Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation, Your Primitive Business Guide to Better Leads with Less Effort. So it's just Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation. And same thing, I talk about the history. I talk about how advertising developed as – um, just from old school business. We all used to be businessmen and women. We used to be, well, then it used to be men. But you'd be on your cart. You'd be on your sorry, your horse with your cart behind you going from town to town, you know, delivering or just knocking on doors and trying to sell your stuff. And you know, one, awesome, one ambitious sales rep one day decided he wanted to get to more doors in a day than he could. And he's trying to figure a way how he could speed up the process. And he realized that every time he goes to a new door, he's always going through the same spiel. So what, ha- what would happen if he wrote that on paper and had that delivered before he got to the door? You know, and just how that evolves. And the book kind of goes into that history and how that process evolved into advertising as we know it now. And I think it will really help people cut through the clutter um, and just you know, and stick to marketing that works. That's cool.
1: Very good. So Think and Grow Rich, Scientific Advertising and Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation. That's right. Okay. So we always like to end our call with asking our listeners to take action. If you could ask them to take action on something today that would further along their business or even in terms of marketing funnels, what would that be?
0: Sure. So what I would challenge you to do is to sell 50 people a product that doesn't yet exist and to document the process of trying to sell them. Because what you'll find is as you go through those iterations, as you try and sell the first 10, the first 20, first 30, you'll come up with your sales process. And if you find a way to, if you think about how would I do this with 10,000 people, now you're going to start thinking in terms of a marketing funnel.
1: That's great. That's awesome. Well, I always, again, I love our chats, Daryl. I think you're, you're great and If there's anybody out there that's listening that's truly interested in marketing funnels, please check out Daryl, his work, and his uh, seven-figure funnel formula. (laughs) 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 All of those Fs. Uh, And we will have Daryl on again. So thank you again, Daryl, for chatting with us, and we will talk soon.
0: Thank you, Stephanie. Always a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today on the Top 3 Podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher-level business strategy, the Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.